Turn your Bibles to the book of Acts in chapter 10. Acts in chapter 10. While you're turning there, we'd like to welcome our radio audience. This is Brother John Lybrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church at Old Town. That's just a side of Greenup County, out of Carter County. You can get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. We have a sign on either end of Laurel Road giving you directions to the meeting house known as Emmanuel. And we're thankful that you've taken time today to tune in to WGOH here, a portion of God's Word. And truly, that's what we have for you today is a portion of God's Word. This is the very breath of God breathed upon paper. That's the reason why that the Word of God is so important. It's so important, listen, that you cannot live without it. I'm talking about eternal life. It is the Word of God that changes lives. It is the Holy Spirit that works upon that word to make a difference in the lives of individuals that hear it. Today, I want to begin verse 1, and we're going to read, I might read the whole chapter, I'm not certain yet, but I want you to just listen to the stories, these these, uh, different times in the Word of God that talks about how powerful God's Word is, how the Holy Spirit moves, the different indications here how salvation is coming to different individuals. The Bible says in verse 1, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man, and one that feared God with all of his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in the vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming in to him and saying unto him, Cornelius. When he looked on him, he was afraid. What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send me to Joppa, Now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodges with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. And this is, again, you want to know about salvation. You want to know about what it takes to become a child of the King. You want to know today the different the different aspects of salvation. Notice the first thing that has to be listened to. The Bible talks about there's a a time in one's life when you must hear what's being said. That's the reason why today I pray that there's no no daydreaming. I I pray as as one old preacher used to say all the time, there's no dilly-dallying going on. I want your mind focused today upon the gospel because... My friend, that is the most important word that you will hear coming from print. God's gospel is the way of salvation. God's gospel. Now, I remember some years ago I was preaching in a conference at Beauty Ridge, I believe it was, or, or King's Edition 1, and uh, my, my subject was the gospel. And I simply entitled the message, God's Gospel. Listen, I want you to know today that there's only one gospel, as Brother Jim brought forth a while ago. There's only one way of salvation. And that's the reason why that I feel that it's so important for you to hear, first of all, with your physical ear. Then I'm praying that God's Spirit will touch the inner ear. That's what I'm, because listen, that's when all the difference is going to be made in your life. I've heard individuals say, well, when will I be saved? Or, or what does it take to be saved? Listen, first of all, listen. Hear God's Word. The Bible says here of Simon the Tanner, it talked about, the, you know, he was staying at, at this man's place. And the Word of God says, you need to listen to him because there's something he's got to say. It says, He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. You know, that's the problem, I think, in a lot of lives today. They don't want to be told what God's Word actually says. 
It's just like the uh, the leper who was told to go and bathe in in, in the in the old muddy water, and and you know he he just couldn't understand why would that be something that would change my life. But listen, it may today look like a simple explanation from God's word, but it's the only explanation that will change your life. He says, listen. He's going to tell thee what thou oughtest to do. I'll tell you today what you ought to do. Listen, I know that God says in the book of Acts that He commands men everywhere to repent. I know that thou ought to repent today. I know that thou ought to be sorry for sin. And I know that thou ought to confess the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. I know that thou ought to be obedient to the Word of God because it's the means by which you can change your whole life today. Verse 7 says, And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten, but while they, have, while they made ready, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open, and a certain vessel descending unto him, as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners, and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for... I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. Listen, I want you to know today, there's all kinds of classes of people in this world. There's all kinds of different sects of people in this world, different races with different attitudes. But you know this, the one thing that every human being needs in this world is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whatever human being needs in this world today is the salvation of the Lord. The Bible goes on to say, and, and I want you to think about this and get a hold of it, in verse 17, again, I want you to think about what's been said here. It says, now, while Peter doubted in himself what the, this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and, and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, were lodged there. And while Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, behold, Three men seek thee. Arise and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men which were, which were sent unto him from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am he whom ye seek. What is the cause wherefore ye are come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion a just man, and one that feareth God, and of a good report among all the nation of the Jews, was warned from God by a holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. Brother Jim spoke just a moment ago about the importance of the word. The importance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is what Cornelius come to understand was so necessary in his life. He needed to hear the words that made a difference. He needed to hear the words that was going to change not only his life, but his family's life. 
He needed to hear words that was not just going to change uh, 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 the sect of the Jews' life, but also the, the people of the Gentile race. He needed to know that there was a word that was common among all nations that would change and give life and new meaning to life. The Bible states this. Now, now get a hold of this. Again, in verse 23 it says, Then called he them in and lodged them. And on the morrow Peter went with them and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the morrow after they entered into Caesarea and Cornelius waited for them. Listen, I want you to know there's something about real salvation that makes a man desire the truth. Amen. Something about real salvation and real working of the Holy Spirit that makes an individual desire to hear the truth. A desire to be where God's truth is spoken. A desire to be in the house of God where there's, where there's a message of hope. Listen, I want you to know something. There's no message of hope in works for salvation. There's no message of hope in the baptismal regeneration. There's no message of hope because those individuals that have that hope in that work can only hold on to it until they sin again. And then all hope is gone once again. But the hope that Jesus Christ gives will not dash you upon the rocks. The hope that Jesus Christ is, is the hope of eternal life. Listen, I'm talking about, as, as Peter spoke of there in First Peter, it's a lively hope. In other words, it's something that's tangible that you can know deep down in your soul. And without that, you have no joy and no peace. The Bible goes on to say, as, as we look at this, and I want you to think about this. And as Peter was coming into Cornelius in verse 25, met him and fell down at his feet and he worshiped him. But Peter took him up saying, stand up, I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. Now, I want you to know something. The power of the Holy Spirit is real, folks. And God's Holy Spirit can place you in such a place at such a time that He can change everything about you. And that's exactly what we see here. With the house of Cornelius, the Bible says they had all gathered in. You know why they gathered there? Because they knew the man of God was coming with the hope of salvation in the word of Jesus Christ, the gospel. The Bible states, states this in verse 28, And he said unto them, You know that, how, that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or to come unto one of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore, I came unto you with, without gainsaying. As soon as I was sent for, I... I ask therefore for what intent you have sent for me. Now listen to this. This is the recollection of Cornelius. Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting until the, this hour. And at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard. And thine almsgiving are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. And he lodged him in his house of one Simon, a tanner, by the seaside, who, when he cometh, shall speak unto thee. Immediately therefore I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now therefore, we are all here. Amen. You know, you look around this house today, we have quite a few that are out today because of different things that are going on in one's life, some sickness going on, and, and the Carters and others that are traveling, and he's preaching at another church. But notice what it says here. It says that they were all gathered there for one reason, that was to hear the truth of the gospel. It says, now, therefore we are all present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. What did God command the man of God to do? To preach the gospel. 
Folks, I want you to know something. It's the only way that you're going to have hope today is to hear the gospel message. To hear the, the gospel hope. It says, and then Peter opened his mouth and he said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all these things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hang on a tree. Here's where you're getting where, where Peter began to preach to them the gospel. Now this is, this is the reason why Cornelius needed him at that house. This is the reason why Cornelius needed him there because not only did Cornelius need the Holy Spirit of God, listen, his family needed the Holy Spirit of God. And that's what is going on here. Here is the beginning of the Holy Spirit of God coming into a heart of a sinner. It is, first of all, hearing the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. It says this, Whom they slew and hang on a tree, him God hath raised up the third day and showed him openly. Not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us, who did eat and drink with him after the, that he rose from the dead. And he commanded unto us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be a judge of the quick and the dead, to give him, to give all prophets witness that through his name. Brother Jim spoke about that just a while ago also in Acts 4.12. Listen, I want you to know that there's no other name given under heaven whereby men must be saved. The name of Jesus is everything today. It is the power and the resurrection from the dead. That's what it is. It is the life-giving force to a dead spirit. It says again that it, this, this power or this ordinance or this command was given to all the prophets that through His name, whosoever believeth in Him shall receive remission of sin. The Bible goes on to say in verse 44 that after Peter began to speak these words, the Holy Ghost fell upon all them which heard the word. you know what it means to hear the word of the living God? Listen, it means to know and to accept or receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. How that he died, was buried, and rose again the third day for your justification. It says in verse 45, And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. The Jew could not believe that the sect or the people of the Gentile race, the 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 common folk, the, the dirty folk could ever be saved. As a matter of fact, they were, they were told not to even go to the Gentile. But now look what Jesus is doing. Notice what God has done. He was telling, he was telling Peter, listen, you lay, your, you lay your heritage aside for just a minute. I want you to go to where, to where people that really need, need me are. I want you to go to people who are, who are really in desperate need today. I want you to go to them because that's the way of hope. Sinner friend, today if you're here without the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're, you're, you're right now in a dreadful situation. What if your life should end before this sermon does? Now this sermon's not going to be a long sermon, so I ask you what would happen if your life would end before this sermon does? Where would you go to eternity? The Bible goes on to say this in verse 46, For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? He commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Now I know that was a lengthy reading. 
I know it took a little bit to get through that, but listen, there's a whole lot of power in those 48 verses of Scripture. There's a whole lot of salvation that is pointed to in these 48 verses of Scripture to the common man such as you and I. And I pray today that God's power will rest upon the sinner in this house. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your throne, we do thank you so much for the day which you've given us. We thank you, dear God, for the time that we have had together and together to worship in spirit and truth. Lord, I pray that you bless the hearer of thy word this morning. Father, I know that this word is powerful. And I know, dear God, that it's what you use to bring life to the dead. Lord, I pray that even in this house today, the spiritually dead may be able to come to life with the aid of the Holy Spirit. Father, I'm praying that you will touch souls today. Lord, I'm praying that you will touch lives and you will change lives. Father, I ask that you be with us and watch over us. And Lord, forgive us our sin in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You know, as of right now, we have exactly one half an hour left on the radio. But I want you to just listen to me for this little while. I want you to think about the truth that is spoken of by Peter here as he went to the house of Cornelius. Today, you're sitting in the house where the gospel is going to be brought forth. You're sitting in the place where all different types of people have gathered for one reason as, as we're going to see uh, uh, from Lydia to, to, to others that were even Cornelius here who were doing what, who had worshipped God, who had, who had come to know that He is the God that should be worshipped. Listen, I want you to know that is a necessary thing to happen in your life, to know that there's a God to be feared. There's a God to be, to be adored today because He sent His only, His only begotten Son that, to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends and our radio audience, what a demonstration of the working of the Holy Spirit. As we glean from our lengthy scripture reading today, something happened that caused a great stirring among the believers of the Jewish sect. A miracle had transpired in that the Holy Spirit was also given to the Gentile race. But I want you to think about this. That, that message of hope is not just to, the, to those that you may think are the upright. That message of hope is not just to those that you think in your own mind deserve it. But that message of hope is a message of hope to everyone who will listen today to hear the Word of God and understand that there's hope for everyone who will come unto the Savior. The first thing that I want you to notice today, uh, a salvation makes a change in everyone that receives it. In Acts chapter 10, verse 1 through 43, as we just read, we saw where Cornelius had a desire. Cornelius had not only a desire for the things of God, but he had a desire to learn more about them. Listen, know this, that once the Word of God is opened up into the heart of man, listen, changes happen. What happened with uh, Philip and the eunuch? Uh, the eunuch had been worshiping God at Jerusalem and he wasn't even a saved man, but he was still worshiping the Father. Listen, know this, that the power of God and the power of His Word can change the lives of individuals who come to recognize that there's a God in heaven to be feared. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 2, the Bible states this now, and a devout man, and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people, and he prayed to God always. In John chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, once again, we go back to that old scripture that says, He came unto his own, but his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now verse 12 has a powerful verse there. Verse 12 has powerful words in it. The Bible says, those who received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. That's exactly what happened to the eunuch, my friend. 
That's not only what happened to the eunuch, that's what happened to Lydia there by the riverside one day when she was worshiping God. One day when she was washing her clothes in, and, and, and as she was preparing the dyes for her clothes that she made, listen, the Lord came into her heart. Note this, that it's also the thing that happened to the Philippian jailer. Listen, when he heard the word, there was a change that come over him, and that's the same thing that can happen in this house this very morning. It doesn't matter who you are. Listen, I want you to know that. It doesn't matter how bad, how bad you think you've been in your life. Listen, God's able to save. Amen. God is able to change the lives of individuals. God is able to get a hold of you. All you have to do, first of all, is listen to the word that's coming forth from the gospel today. Listen. In Romans in chapter 10, again, one of those Wonderful verses or passages of Scripture that give you the very way of hope to hear. The Bible says this in Romans 10 and 8. What, but what saith it? Listen. But what saith it? The Bible says the word is nigh there. Even now, as you're sitting in this house, you know that's exactly what, what Cornelius desired, wasn't it? He wanted to hear from Peter. He wanted to, he didn't just want to hear about Peter's life. Listen, he wanted to hear about Peter's hope. And Peter, ooh, Peter's hope was in the Lord Jesus Christ. I better watch my hand. <laughs> Knock that mic a winding. But anyway, he said, in verse number 8, the Apostle Paul is speaking here. I want you to notice what he says here. He says, The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is a word of faith which we preach. Now, I want to stop right there for just a moment. Was that not what was said this morning by Brother, Brother Jim in our Sunday school hour? Listen, it's the word that we got to stick to, friend. The word is the truth here. The things that the world's offering out there is not truth. Listen, the world's trying to offer you, uh, a, all you got to do is just give enough money to the church and you'll be all right. The world's trying to say, all you got to do is turn over your, a new leaf and start all over and you'll be okay. But what about the past? You see, God requires it all. The world out there says, all you've got to do is join a church or, or be baptized. But what the... What, the, what happens about the change in the heart? Has your heart been changed? You see, that's what makes all the difference in the world. When your heart's changed, there is a different person inside. Listen to this. It says, A word is nigh thee, even thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Listen, you are, you've asked me, well, how is it that I'm saved? How is a person saved? Listen to God's Word here. First of all, listen to God's Word. Salvation makes a difference when you listen to God's Word. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. You know, I, t I think today that's one of, the, one of the greatest fears of individuals. They fear what their peers are going to think. They fear what their friends are going to say. Listen, I want you to know something. If you die in your sins, you talk about a fearful thing. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. Listen, the Bible speaks about that fact. It says, For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, you see the truth here? You see what God says? This is God's Word. This is His breath breathed on poem paper. This is what... This is the only hope that you really have today. Well, I, I need to say it right. This is the only hope you have. Listen, that word really thrown in there kind of makes it deceptive, doesn't it? I want you to know something. There is real hope in the Lord. There's only hope in the Lord. The Bible says in verse 13 again, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
How then shall they call on him in whom they have not heard and ha- or believed? And how shall they believe on him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But listen to Isaiah here. Same thing that I've said many times as I walked out that door. But they've not all obeyed. Listen, you're wanting peace of heart. You're wanting peace of mind. Listen, you've got to obey the Word of God. You've got to do what it says. You've got to do what God says. And God says, listen, He commands men everywhere to repent. And that's you today. You say, oh, that was talking way back here on the, on the hill at Mars Hill. Listen, I want you to know something. It might have been 2,000 years ago nearly. But listen, the word's still the same today. He still demands the same today. And he still is asking, not just asking, he's telling you that if you're going to be changed, if you're going to be saved, you're going to have to repent and turn to the Lord. Verse, uh, verse 17 says this. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Salvation makes a change in everyone who receives it. Secondly, today, salvation makes one willing. Now, I want to, I want to, I kind of separate this just a little bit. You know what? A lot of times people put their works up here, but notice what you're willing to do. You're willing to follow whatever God says if you're truly saved. Amen. When you're saved, you know what happens? Romans in chapter 10 and verse 8 all the way down through verse 17. Hey, it's no problem to you. It's no problem to you to confess Him before men. It's no problem to you to submit unto scriptural baptism. It's no problem to you to, to fall under the rule and, and, the, and the, the Word of God and the Holy Church of God. Listen, know this, that this is the Holy Church of God. I look at that at it that way. Listen, a lot of people today in a lot of different denominations lay lay claim to the fact that this is the holy church. Listen, I know this is God's church. This is the holy church. This is where God meets with his people. This is what makes a difference today because there's truth being brought forth. In Acts in chapter 10 and verse 6, again, the Bible states something here that I want you to get a hold of once more. In verse 6 of of Acts chapter 10, the Bible says this. In the latter part, it says, And he shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. Stop right there for just a moment. What has God's Word spoke to you this morning? Be obedient. Obedient to what? Obedient to what this Word is telling you. When salvation... Is at the door of any person, the once reluctant, the once hesitant, the once downright disobedient will come joyfully when God's Holy Spirit has made a difference in their life. In Isaiah chapter 55, as we go back here for just a moment, I want you to look at this. Isaiah 55. These first few verses of Scripture, 1 down through verse 5, the Bible says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth. There's a lot of people that's thirsting out there. There's a lot of people that's hungering after righteousness. There's a lot of people that want to see a change in life. So many churches today are filled up with so much of the world, you you can't even tell a difference in the so-called Christian today and the lost sinner of the world. People are looking for a change. You know that? People are looking for something serious. People are looking for something that's going to make a difference in their life. Hey, listen, I want you to know, I want to be a part of a movement. I want to be a part of, a, of, of, of an act that's going on that's going to change my life. Not just change the way I feel. I want something that's going to change my life. That's what happens in salvation. In Acts, or Isaiah 55 and 1, it says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye by and eat. Yea, come by wine and milk with, without money, without price. You know what? I want you to know it's the same way salvation is. Salvation is priceless. 
If you had to pay for it, you could never begin to pay for it. Listen, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no uh, number that can be put on salvation. It's that, it's that powerful. It's that good for you. But here the Bible states this. Listen, you come. No, you don't have the means to, to, to pay for it. You don't have the means to buy it. You don't have the means to earn it. Listen, the Bible just simply states, come. If you're thirsting today, come after the, that which is going to give you satisfaction. Come after it. If you're hungering after righteousness today, come after salvation. Come with your hands held out. And listen, God will feel it. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? You know what? Today there's a lot of people that's spending a lot of time on stuff that will not satisfy. Brother Jamie spoke about that a little bit this morning. And again, I, I agree with him. There's absolutely nothing wrong with, with having desires, with having things in life, with having the, the pleasures that life gives. There's nothing wrong with that as long as it does not take away from God. God gave it to you. Thank Him first. Amen. God, God allowed you the privilege. Listen, thank Him first and serve Him and all these things shall be added unto you. But now we go back. The Bible says, Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and your soul, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. That's salvation. You know what that means? That means for that one where conviction has been. Conviction's hard, isn't it? I know you that are saved have, have fell under conviction before. Uh, it had to be so. That's how God works. That's how God brings about salvation. Conviction is one of the first things that happens in your heart when, when you hear the truth of the gospel message or, or when you just simply hear the truth of the voice of God. You begin to get convicted of it. But notice what it says here. It says, Incline your ear and come unto me and hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not. And nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord. Thy God, for the Holy One of Israel, for He hath glorified thee. You know, I, I still, I cannot help but go back and think about that Philippian jailer. That Philippian jailer was one who, uh, who was brutal in, in the beginning. In Acts 16, uh, beginning at verse 16 down through about verse 34... We see a man who was at one time in his life a brutal man. As a matter of fact, when the people of God were caught, the Bible talks about the fact that not only did he beat them and whip them, but he put them in chains and fetters in the, in the coldest, wettest part of the dungeon. The innermost part of the dungeon. You know where that's at? That's where the rats stay. That's where, that's where all the, the debris of the, of the rottenness of humanity is cast out. And there's where Paul and Silas was. You know what they began to do? They began to preach. They began to sing. They began to pray. And listen, the whole time that they were doing that, the whole time that they were seeking their God, listen, the old man upstairs, there's your old man upstairs, that old jailer. Listen, one thing that's said today that I cannot stand is a disgrace when they call the God of heaven the old man upstairs. You listen to me. I've got a little, I've got a pet peeve with that. That's the righteous God of heaven. Listen, know this, that his name is to be reverend. There's no man upon earth that ought to hold the name or, or the title reverend. But listen, God is reverend. He is the holy, righteous one of heaven. He's not the old man upstairs. But here was the old man. Listen, that old jailer who was a, who was a, a brutal dictator in his own jail system. The Bible said that there was a change come over that man. You know when it happened? 
after the prayer meeting was going on. Amen. After the word of God and after the singing of praises, listen, he heard the voices coming up out of the depths of the dungeon. And it changed him forever. Not only did it change him, but I still believe and I still pray that it was so as, as I think. Listen, there were other prisoners in that jail that did not leave after the prison bars were shaking us under. Something happened to them, didn't it? I mean, the normal case would be that they would all have fled for the lies because no doubt they were there and they were probably had impending judgment coming upon them. They could have left, but the, but the Bible says they didn't. They were all there, Paul said, when, when the old jailer was ready to take his life. He said, whoa, we're all here. You know why? Because there was a change in the lives of individuals. You know what that old flipping jailer said? Why would he even say this to begin with? He said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Why would he say that? Because he heard the truth. Amen. He heard the truth. Listen today, you're hearing the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, it is that truth which will cause you to look up and say, what must I do to be saved? You know, I've heard men say that many times before. What am I, what am I supposed to do? Listen, believe upon the scriptures. Trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. Repent of your sins. Confess Him before men as the Bible says. And come before Him with thanksgiving because that's when the Holy Spirit is going to be imparted in your life just like it was to Cornelius and his family. Once again, I go back to the teaching of Philip and the eunuch of Acts 8. Verses 26 down through 39. As the eunuch was on his way back from Jerusalem after worshiping there, he was reading a portion of God's Word. It was the powerful Word which this arbitrary, inquisitive official was entranced by. It got his attention. Maybe you're here today. Maybe your attention has been aroused by a crazy old country preacher. I don't know. Maybe it's because, you know, you, know, you hear, I hear somebody said one time about me that I was a fire and brimstone uh, preacher. Listen, I don't know what that exactly means, but I preach the truth. I preach it to what I am old fashioned. I'm a traditionalist by, by nature. Listen, I believe that we ought to keep things the way they are. I believe, listen, I don't believe you need to change the scriptures. I don't believe you need to change the church. I don't believe you need to change the operation of the church, nor the, nor the way church is conducted. I just don't believe that. I believe we need to follow succession. Amen. Just to, that's, and again, that's what, I, that's what 1 Corinthians 14, 40 is all about. Where it talks about do everything decently and in order. That word order there means to run in succession. It's different from the other words in, that's used in order. Listen, what was being said at, in 1 Corinthians there to the church at Corinth by Paul. Hey, you follow, our, you follow our example. You keep the traditions. You know, so many people today hate the word tradition. I hear preachers all the time, don't worry about that word tradition. Listen, you better worry about the word tradition because it's a way we're supposed to conduct ourselves the way the, the old church used to, the way the first church used to. Amen? That's the way we need to be. I know my time is getting pretty short, but I want you to listen to this now. Notice with me once again what Paul said. In Romans 1 and 16, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it was a power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. You know what happened to Cornelius? He was saved because he believed the word of God. You know what happened to the jailer? Listen, he believed because he, because he heard the word of God and believed it. Same thing happened to Lydia. Lydia was down by the riverside and listen, as, as they were there gathered, uh, the apostle came by and he spoke unto her the words of life. And you know what happened? The Bible says she attended unto the words that were spoken. You know what that means? She, number one, she listened to the gospel preacher. That's what you need to be doing today. That's the reason why today that I pray that your mind has been where it needed to be. You want to know how to be saved? All you got to do is listen. Listen to what God's Word says. And thou shalt be saved. God's Word made all the difference in the world to these individuals. This eunuch had already been in the place of worship. And, and the Bible states that he heard the Word. 
In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, the Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That's the reason why hearing the Word of God is so important. That's the reason why. Ephesians 5, 14 declares, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. This is what happened in Ephesians 2 and 1. Listen, And you hath he quickened, who were what? Dead in trespasses and sins. Folks, I'll tell you, you that are saved are saved because your old dead self was quickened and made to come to life. Talks about that in Ephesians 2, 4 through 7. This is your need today. The need, listen, you need this awakening in your soul. You need your soul brought back to life. You need something that religion nor yourself can provide or produce. You need this quickening of your soul. Notice the wording of God's Word. Listen, in Acts 16, the Bible states about that fact. This, all, uh, this takes all the presumption of self-healing out of man's hand. So many say, well, I'll get saved when I'm ready. No, that ain't the way it works. That ain't the way it works, my friend. You need to be saved today because today's the day of salvation. Harden not your heart, the Bible says, as in the day of provocation. Listen, that's telling you today, listen, today's the day. Brother Jim, once again, I've used him all morning. <laughs> that's all right, though. That's how, the, that's how the Word of God works. That's how the Holy Spirit works in a service. Listen, know this. He said, today's the day. You know why? Because you're not promised tomorrow. You know what? I was sitting one day in a, in a service station and they had a big old truck up on the rack and, and they was raising that thing up and this young man was under it. And you know that thing come down. Scared me to death. I thought that boy was under it and I thought he was a goner. He did get out of the way, but you know what? It could have very easily crushed him. Listen, where are you at today? What do you know that's going to be waiting down the road for you? Or maybe you're going this way. What do you know that's waiting down the road for you? We're getting close. Listen, you're getting close on time too. You're not promised tomorrow. Where are you going to be for eternity? The Bible speaks about the fact that in Acts 16 that the Lord... Open the hearts of the individual. Has he opened your heart today? This is how a spiritually dead person comes to life. The Lord opens your heart. The powers in the voice of God. And Acts 16, 13 reveals to us that God's word had been opened and spoke. And there was something that took place there in, in the, at the river's edge. Change of life came. But notice with me, it was, it was to, only to the one who attended unto the words. There's a whole group of people in this house today, lost and saved. But you know where salvation is going to come? To the one who attends to the word of God. Oh, the power of God's holy word. Listen to the very breath of God. This breath of God fills the dead spirit. It brings to life the old corpse of a spirit and enables them to act accordingly. Now where do you spend? Where, where's your life today? You see, salvation makes one obedient. That's my last point. Cornelius had already been touched by the Lord. He was obedient to God's directive. Will you be obedient today to God's word? The eunuch became obedient after he had heard the word of God. He had read it. He had been worshiping. But listen, nothing happened until he heard the word of God coming from the man of God. Notice that. Where are you at today? Now I'm not saying that the only ones that can lead people in salvation is the preacher. I don't believe that. I believe salvation can come to anyone who will, who will give, give heed to the 
to the gospel presenter, whether they're the preacher, whether they're your mom, whether they're your dad, brother, sister, whoever it is, salvation could be had today. The Philippian jailer was obedient after he heard the word that was projected from the depths of the prison. This is your need today. Oh, that God may touch your heart and make you to see and understand your desperate situation. Hell awaits every unbeliever, every Christ rejecter. Just like Luke 16 shows us, listen, the rich man lifted up his eyes, being in torments. You know when that happened? Immediately after he died upon the earth. Why did it happen? Because he never took heed to the gospel message. Right now, if you're unsaved, <clears throat> this end result of a lost life will be yours if Hebrews 9.27 comes to play in your life. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Hear the blessed Savior calling the oppressed. Oh, you heavy laden, come to me and rest. That old song means a lot to me today. Because I remember a time in my own life when I was oppressed and needed salvation. As a matter of fact, I go back to my closing statement here. Matthew eleven twenty eight: Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I've seen the broken hearted. I believe I've seen the broken hearted even in this house this morning. Jesus simply states, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Would you not today, first of all, hear what I just said. Retain it in your mind for just a moment and let it mull over in your mind. God's word says you must hear the gospel. You must attend unto the words that were spoken. You must repent of your sins and trust Jesus Christ as Savior. You know what He's going to do? The very moment you turn to Him, He'll give you faith to believe. Amen? That's what happens in salvation. May the Lord bless you is our prayer.